HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Samuel Adams, Brewing the American Dream. Hear stories from their inspiring entrepreneurs on Let's Talk About Food, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to Spill and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $175 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you want to know more about membership, visit specialtyfood.com. In each episode, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, Julie Gallagher, Content Director at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way eaters think about food. Today's guest is Chithra Ugarwal, founder of Brooklyn Deli, maker of condiments and sauces that are inspired by Indian culinary traditions. The company's recipes were developed by Chithra, a chef and cookbook author. For 13 years, she has specialized in serving, teaching, and writing about Indian home cooking. She's been featured in the New York Times, Food and Wine, Bon Appetit, and other outlets, and is the author of Vibrant India, Fresh Vegetarian Recipes from Bangalore to Brooklyn. Chitra, surprisingly, I've never had the chance to try your products, but I've always been a fan of your branding. Um, the company name is just so clever, and for those listening at home, Delhi is spelled like the Indian city, um, and many of your condiments and sauces happen to be complementary of traditional deli staples like sandwiches and eggs and soups. Um, and of course, you have the curry ketchup and the curry mustard, and they seem just to, to meld the two worlds so beautifully. Can you talk a little bit about the brand and how it came to be? 
Right. Um, yeah. So I grew up here. I grew up in Jersey. Um, and so I kind of straddled these two worlds where, um, I was eating a lot of traditional Indian food at home. Um, but then eating a lot of pizza and bagels. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of had an experience just, I just love food from a really young age and experiencing and just trying new things. And I think that also growing up as South Asian, second gen. Um, I, you know, it's like I grew up in a town where I was the only Indian um, American in my class. And so I didn't feel like, you know, at especially when you're in school, you don't feel like you fit in. Um, But I doubly didn't feel like I fit in kind Mm -hmm. of. And I think that I didn't start to explore my identity as an Indian American until I started to do work in food. Um, And that came with a blog that I started writing actually in 2009. And at the time, it was just kind of a hobby, basically. And I was writing about um, a lot of traditional recipes from my family. But then as time went on, I started using local produce or working with local chefs that specialized in different cuisines. So I had an Indian American, like an Indian Chinese supper club, an Indian Mexican supper club. And so slowly but surely, I started to kind of just develop this point of view that was just Indian American, I'd say, or just authentic to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And after, I guess I had been doing that work, just teaching cooking classes and hosting pop-up dinners and selling food at markets. And that work basically turned into what Brooklyn Deli is. And I guess the name really is, I mean, it's a bridge between cultures. And um, my dad is from Delhi um, and we started the company in Brooklyn. So that's where the Brooklyn Deli comes in. (laughs) Wow, that's great. And what role does your husband play in the company? Yeah, so my husband is a food packaging designer. Um, So Ben actually has... I guess, I mean, he has several years of experience, maybe over a decade or 15 years designing packaging for um, some very uh, large CPG companies. He did a lot of cereal boxes, Cheerios, Total. He did, he worked on a lot of these large brands and he loved a lot of the food that I was making and kind of could see what the response was from people that were coming to some of my dinners and events. And, you know, at one point he just said, you know, I would, I, I would design the branding for you if you want to launch this as a a packaged good. And we just jumped in together and we were not married at the time. (laughs) So so we jumped into a lot of things together. That's amazing. So he just happened to be a package designer? Yes. Yeah. A food packaging designer. And um, yeah, it, it was, it's wild actually when I think about it. It's, you know, there would be no Brooklyn Deli without me or him. It just yeah. was one of those things that just, it, it just happened because of the two of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you were hosting these supper clubs and you obviously were already an entrepreneur. What was there, there a lesson that you wish you would have known before you had jumped into creating this food brand? 
Yes, I definitely maybe should have done a little bit more research because the first product that we launched was Achar, which is a very traditional Indian condiment that is not as well known um, to the Western audience. And I mean, I think a lot of makers come from a standpoint of you're making this food that you just love and you're and the people around you are in love with it. But then when you launch it to a larger audience, you realize, oh, wow, I'm actually creating my own category. And I mean, that takes a lot of education. It also takes a lot of money. And so that's one thing I'd say that just kind of do more research. Mm -hmm. Um, For us, it's just taken more time. I mean, we've been around for eight years, so we're just plugging away. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) the more people we talk to or reach, then um, we're just teaching them more about um, Indian cuisine that way. And I'm sure you had to teach buyers as well. Right, definitely. And sort of convince them to bring on this whole new category. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, and they always say, you know, even when you get on the shelf, that's just part of the story. The other piece is getting it off the shelf, a customer buying <laughs> I love it. that. So it's kind of like we've definitely been trying to just raise awareness about the different types of products that we sell. And now we have 10 products. So, you know, we started with the Achars and then we launched a line of simmer sauces. We have our curry ketchup and curry mustard. So we have a pretty broad mix now, um, which really goes from very traditional to hybrid. Um, and, and so, you know, it's also just like, you know, an Indian American identity too. There's just no definition in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did that on purpose because it's like identity is so multifaceted and that's really how our products are kind of arranged as well or inspired. Right. And it seems like the products are approachable, even though they might not be familiar to certain people, they're approachable. So the ketchup and the mustard, right. you know, yeah, I know what that is. Let me try this. This sounds interesting, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's almost like those are the gateways. In. Exactly. And then people are like, oh, I like this. Let's go deeper. And then they try the achars. And then, you know, they basically just know that Brooklyn Deli stands for really good stuff, really tasty stuff. <laughs> I love that you that your achars I think ended up in um, Blue Apron meal kits. How right. did that happen? Right. So I had been teaching cooking classes at Brooklyn Kitchen, and one of the people actually that was working at Brooklyn Kitchen became a culinary person at uh, Blue Apron, and so we started talking because she knew about the achars and she felt like there could be an opportunity because Blue Apron customers are always looking to discover something new, and she felt like the achar could be really interesting to work with on um, a number of different recipes, and so. Now we sell um, our tomato achar in 1.5 ounce cups to them. And it's been amazing because, I mean, with a, a, a we're a smaller brand, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it's very expensive to demo in stores um, and just, you know, hire PR or marketing. So this is a way for people to try the product and also understand how to use it. And we've won a lot of customers at retail um, through that method. 
And over time, I've worked with the culinary team now to develop more products. So I developed the mango chutney um, that we also have in retail with the culinary team, as well as our um, korma sauce, which is a plant-based um, korma simmer sauce. And so all of these um, products that are in Blue Apron are also in retail. So it kind of ping-pongs back and forth. And I'm sure when you're having conversations with retail buyers, you can say, oh, we're in these Blue Apron meal kits and these people are going to want to find these products on the shelf. Exactly. I mean, there's no better way to sample our products and we've reached over a million homes um, that way. Amazing. Yeah. It's like sampling in someone's very own kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because especially with a char, you know, it's like people don't, they they may see it on the shelf and maybe they've read about it, um, but they don't know how it tastes. Um, and so this is, it, it, it helps us so much. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the pandemic and um, the demand for your products during the pandemic. I think that um, for us, uh, especially our simmer sauces, um, people were not going out to eat at restaurants as much. And I think that they were looking for those flavors in the grocery store. So I feel like our simmer sauces gave people a way to have a restaurant quality meal at home. Um, and I think at that point, things really kind of took off because I had actually launched a lot of our simmer sauces. They were newer products for us. Um, and that was also a way, a gateway for people then to say, oh, I want to try the achars. And so we got a lot of pickup on um, all of the products. But I think that the simmer sauces were kind of like the entry point. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially me, I mean, I have two young children at home. And during that time, you have limited childcare and you need to get dinner on the table and all of our simmer sauces are mild. So kids can eat them and my kids love them. So a lot of families were, were getting into them at the time. Um, but I mean, the flip side also is that the pandemic just, um, you know, the supply chain collapsed and is the, the, the situation is, is still pretty dire and, um, we're dealing with the effects. Um, all of the, the, the ingredients ingredients, um, all of the inputs, they've all increased in price for us. So we're trying to hang on. <laughs> do you import some of your ingredients? We do. So we have Indian spices. Um, for instance, like our uh, our Guntur Sanam hot sauce, it's a single origin um, hot sauce using a South Indian chili pepper. So, you know, everybody is being affected. I mean, from farmers to um, people like us, uh, the people that are, are sourcing the ingredients. Mm -hmm. Are you having to pass um, some of the cost increases on to your customers? Yes, we definitely have had to increase prices as a result. Um, It's just, uh, it it just, it was inevitable, basically. Mm -hmm. We hung out on for as long as we could, um, but uh, at the end, we we had to, to raise prices. Everybody has had to, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how you come up with ideas for new products? 
Well, basically it's my kitchen. Um, and same way with the achars. Um, I actually had developed the tomato and the garlic before Brooklyn Deli even existed. So, um, I had learned how to, um, pickle or make achar from, um, a lot of my relatives in India and also my mother and, and her sisters. And so, but, I wanted to kind of create my own achar. And mm -hmm. so what I did was I started using a lot of the ingredients I was getting in my farm share. So I started making achar from rhubarb and green gooseberries, heirloom tomatoes at the time, which is a little bit expensive to, to make a good <laughs> food out of and, and garlic. And that's when, you know, I decided to roast the garlic instead of having raw garlic, which is the traditional type of, um, achar. So I kind of was able to add my own spin on things. And, um, I made them sauces that you could eat kind of all the time because they have about 75% less sodium than the pickles or the achars that are sold in the Indian market. Wow. So it was not just about the product, but it was also like, I was trying to show people that you could have these flavors, but use them every day, like as a sandwich spread or mix into a dip. Um, so those, that was basically, uh, the inspiration for the achars. And then I actually would take my tomato achar and just mix it with ketchup. And that became our curry ketchup actually. Wow. So, um, yeah. And then the, the curry mustard, we had sold the curry ketchup into Whole Foods National. And, um, the buyer at the time, she had asked if we could develop a curry mustard. And so I developed the curry mustard, um, for them so that they could go together. Um, oh. yeah. And I love mustard. So that was an exciting project for me. I had a lot of mustard going on in my fridge at the time. Um, it was pretty insane. I'd love to see that packaging. <laughs> I'm just imagining in my mind how how nice they probably look together, the ketchup and the mustard. Yeah. We actually just redesigned them. So we're debuting the um, the new packaging here at the show. Oh, I'll have to stop by and check it out. Yeah. And then the simmer sauces also. As I, um, you know, after I had babies, I was trying to figure out, you know, what could I feed them but mm -hmm. also feed myself. So I developed these simmer sauces, which are all plant-based um, versions. So a tikka masala, which usually has butter and cream. Mine is made from um, coconut cream cream, organic okay. coconut cream. So I, I developed those products actually, um, when I had just had a baby. Um, and so then I would feed them to my kids and, um, that's how they came to be. And they're all mild, but they're, they're still super flavorful too. Oh, that's so smart. I love that they're so versatile. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. So what would you say is, um, next for your company? Gosh, I mean, I think that one thing is with Brooklyn Deli is since everything is in-house where I develop all the recipes and Ben does all the packaging, we can actually develop and bring to market uh, products pretty quickly. And so I'm always developing new uh, products. Um, so we'll definitely have some more sauces. And coming up in uh, this summer, we're launching a spicy mango chutney using single origin Kashmiri chili from Burlap and Barrel. So that's going to be a new one <laughs> coming out. That sounds delicious. But there's always 
there's always ideas percolating. So you never know. You got to watch us. <laughs> Where are your products produced? Do you work with a co-packer? Yeah. So we have two co-packers in the Hudson Valley now. Um, I made all the products in the beginning um, at St. Wow. John's Bread and Life, which okay. is a soup pantry in bed So the, for the first four years, I handmade everything. Then once I had a baby, um, <laughs> that's when I was like, I think I need some help. And we got some big orders that was when um, Blue Apron and Whole Foods came to be. So at that point, we scaled up. Wow, that's amazing. We're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like for you to participate in our final segment, Take 5, where we pose five questions to our guest. First, let's pause for a break. I'm Louisa Kasdan, host of Let's Talk About Food. I recently hosted an exciting live podcast event in Boston and interviewed incredible women entrepreneurs who have received small business coaching from the Samuel Adams Brewing the American Dream program. When I was applying to law school and I got in, I said, you know what, I'm still young, let me pivot and go into the food industry and really follow my passion. I was kind of Skid. It was a new thing to me. It was like, hey, I don't want me in the newspaper. I just want to be in my room, in my house. <laughs> so that was when I'm like, okay, now that I'm in the local newspaper, I better not disappoint the people that, you know, that have this belief in me. And on the days that you're tired or you feel defeated, just keep going. And 10 people might tell you no, but that doesn't mean that's your end result. You just have to keep going. Hear their stories on Let's Talk About Food, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again to Samuel Adams Brewing the American Dream for supporting this episode. Okay, here are your five questions for our final segment, Take Five. What is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? The people, definitely. I I feel like just coming back to this show um, and setting up the booth, I'm seeing so many people I haven't seen since before the pandemic, and it is an amazing feeling (laughs) to be part of this community. And what do you like most about being a specialty food association member? Well, I mean, there's so many benefits. I feel like even just displaying products at the show, you get so much exposure. Um, and you know, we get a lot of support from, uh, specialty food as well. Um, and I mean, it's just, (laughs) you, you like specialty food has built this community basically. Um, so, uh, we're really thankful to be a part of it. Okay. And if you weren't running a business, what would you be doing? Writing cookbooks probably. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the one piece of advice you'd give a new food business? I'd say that if you have an idea and you have passion, you should jump in right away. Um, But don't quit your day job. (laughs) I'd say that get all of the kind of foundation going for for the business um, with a safety net. And then once you're ready to launch, just go for it. That's great advice. A big thanks to Chitra Ugarwal for joining us today. You can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow wherever you get your podcasts. 
Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. Special thanks to Chitra and the Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a specialty food association podcast. Spill and Dish is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.